and why they think the way they do. Through their eyes, you will gain additional insight into how you can improve your financial future. Chapter 1. Millionaire Meets Billionaire Robert's View, Chicago, November 6, 2005 It is early Sunday afternoon. Tens of thousands of people are attending a large real estate exposition put on by the Learning Annex in Chicago. The convention hall is filled with exhibits and displays of wealth-building investments and opportunities. In smaller classrooms, instructors are sharing their knowledge and wisdom about how the attendees can build their own personal fortunes. Backstage, in the large room where the production crews are working, there is a quiet electric excitement. A long black limousine has pulled up, and people have begun to whisper, He's here. Donald Trump has arrived. I am standing with my partner and co-author, Sharon Lecter, in the green room, a private lounge where the main speakers wait before going on stage. So I do not see the limo arrive. But when I see two police officers go past the door of the green room, I know Donald Trump is about to enter. I hurry out to make way for him and his approaching entourage. Standing outside the green room, I can see a tall, imposing figure stepping out of the limo. Those of us fortunate enough to have backstage passes spontaneously form two lines. Almost on cue, Donald Trump walks between the two lines of admirers, smiling and nodding. Bill Zanker, founder and CEO of the Learning Annex, greets Donald, shows him into the green room and shuts the door. A moment later, Bill Zanker exits and walks over to me. Are you ready to introduce Donald? asks Bill. Rich Dad's Robert Kiyosaki introducing the Donald. The crowd loves it. Donald Trump emerges from the green room and walks over to where Bill and I are standing. After a few private words with Bill, Donald turns to me and says, Hello, you're introducing me? I nod in response. Great. I see you're still on the New York Times bestseller list, says Donald. That's amazing. Then he lowers his voice just a notch. I want to talk to you about something. Have you got time right now? Of course, I reply. You're the number one personal finance author, and I'm the number one business author. We should do a book together. What do you think? Stunned by the offer, I'm speechless. That's a great idea, Bill Zanker says, jumping in to fill the void caused by my silence. It would definitely be a bestseller. Finally, I recover and feebly reply, Great idea. Let's do it. Knowing that Donald doesn't care to shake hands, I risk extending my hand to see if he is serious about this book deal. He is, and we shake. Donald then turns to Keith, his imposing bodyguard, and says, Give Robert my card. Call me the next time you're in New York, and we'll begin putting the book together, says Donald. I'll introduce you to Meredith. She'll help us on the project. Flying home from Chicago to Phoenix, the reality of the handshake set in. Who am I to write a book with Donald Trump? I kept asking myself. And what will we write about? The subject of real estate popped into my head. With that thought, my personal critic chimed in and cynically asked, You and Donald Trump write a book on real estate? When it comes to real estate, Donald Trump is in the major leagues, and you're in the little league. He builds skyscrapers in New York. And what do you own? A few apartment houses, a few low-rise commercial buildings, and some raw land? Besides, he's a billionaire, and you're only a millionaire. Suddenly, my successes and accomplishments seemed very small and inconsequential. 
Instead of feeling honored to be asked to write a book with Donald Trump, I felt miserable. What can we possibly write about? I asked myself over and over again as the plane flew from Chicago to Phoenix. Two weeks later, Bill Zanker called from New York and asked, Have you called Donald? No, I haven't, I replied. Why not? Because I'm turning into a chicken, I said, and uttered a few chicken sounds. Besides, what would we write about? His financial statement has a few more zeros in it than mine. Oh, cut it out, said Bill. You've sold over 26 million copies of your books. You're known all over the world. You've been on the New York Times bestseller list for five years. Five years. Don't sell yourself short. Yeah, I responded sheepishly. But he still has more zeros and commas. His buildings are taller. What would we write about? Robert, just call Meredith and find out, Bill said kindly. Just talk to her. She's waiting for your call. So call her now. Okay, okay, I replied. I'll call her right now. Before I could lose my nerve, I hung up with Bill and dialed Meredith's number. Hello, this is Meredith McIver. And this book was born. On December 12, 2005, I was in New York to record a television program for PBS and to meet with Yahoo Finance. Since I was to be in New York anyway, Meredith and I had agreed to meet to see if we could find the perfect book concept. On December 12th, my wife, Kim, and I took a cab to Donald Trump's office. Those of you who have seen The Apprentice are probably familiar with the gilded entrance to Trump Tower on New York City's famous Fifth Avenue. Standing on the sidewalk like a country bumpkin, I leaned back and let my gaze climb the heights, story after story, until my eyes finally found the point where the building and the sky met. I remembered looking up at buildings like this when I first came to New York to start school at the Merchant Marine Academy in 1965. I was a poor Hawaiian kid in the big city for the first time, and I was definitely not allowed into buildings like this one. And here I was, 40 years later, invited by Donald Trump to his office and his building. Taking a deep breath, I entered Trump Tower with Kim and proceeded to the elevators where security guards greeted us. Once cleared, we entered the elevator and rode it to one of the top floors where Donald runs his empire. The first person to greet us, once the receptionist had us take a seat, was Keith, Donald Trump's giant bodyguard. When he saw us, Keith took the time to greet us warmly, as if we were old friends. He sat down next to us and made us feel completely at home. He stayed with us, offered us water, and kept us company until the door to the main office opened and Meredith walked in. Meredith is the classic young New York City executive woman an attractive woman who would be perfectly at home in London, Paris, Sydney, Tokyo, Toronto, or Beijing. She extended her hand and offered us a warm smile as she said, Great to finally meet you. After thanking Keith for his graciousness, Kim and I followed Meredith through the glass doors and into the boardroom. After a few minutes of chatting, Meredith asked, What would you like to write about? Well, I'm concerned about how the rich are getting richer but America as a nation gets poorer. We could write about the demise of the middle class and the poor, how high-paying jobs are being exported to China and India. I've also been concerned for a long time about pensions disappearing and Social Security and Medicare going broke just as baby boomers begin to retire. Mr. Trump is also very concerned about those issues, Meredith said. He wrote a great book about it. The America We Deserve, Kim said. Yes, replied Meredith. 
He wrote about his concern with those issues as well as the threat of terrorist attacks even before the attack on September 11th. Anyone concerned with our current global problems and how to solve them should read his book. So we definitely have some issues in common. You know, we met at the Learning Annex. We have both been teachers for that organization for years. I've been curious about why he teaches, but we're both always in such a hurry I never get a chance to ask him. He's a natural teacher, Meredith said. I've seen that over the years working for him. Just look at The Apprentice. When Mark Burnett proposed the idea for the show to him, Mr. Trump insisted the show have educational value, or he wouldn't do it. Well, maybe the angle of this book is that you are both teachers, Kim chimed in. After all, you both are entrepreneurs and real estate investors. Lots of people know that, just like they know about Trump Tower and Trump Place. But they don't know the two of you are teachers. Meredith smiled and nodded. In spite of your financial challenges, you have both been very public about your successes as well as your failures. Tell me, why have you been so open about your financial troubles? Because I want people to know it's how I learned so much. I want people to know that, rich or poor, we all have financial problems, I answered. Exactly. Mr. Trump is the same. He truly wants people to learn. That's why he shares his wins as well as his losses. Which is where you and Mr. Trump are different from other rich people, smiled Meredith. Suddenly, there was a knock on the door. It was Rona, Donald's personal assistant. She said, Mr. Trump will see you in five minutes, and he apologizes for the delay. He hates to keep people waiting, but he was tied up on a phone call. Not a problem, I said. The extra time with Meredith has been useful. Welcome, Donald Trump said, standing up from behind his desk. My apologies for keeping you waiting.